Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. All right. So welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how you doing, brother? I am sore today, Randy. We had a huge jam for four hours in the gym. Yeah, well, I had to stop at three, so you, true. you added on a whole other hour there, yes. which was very impressive. I think Cindy won. It ended up being one-on-one, me versus Cindy. We were doing spinning catches, and at some point I just said, I, I can't do this anymore, Cindy, you win, and I sat down. and she. I watched it happen. <laughs> I watched her destroy you, and it was awesome, so. Uh, well, hey, uh, we have a awesome guest today, and I'm really excited to have him here. I've had, got a lot of history with him. He obviously has a lot of history with the sport, and it's almost kind of hard to even know where to start with this guy. He's kind of touched every aspect. He's touched our lives, and just really, just really an amazing human being. If I could grow up, I'd want to beat him. So, but. <laughs> I'm not going to grow up. So anyways, we'd like to welcome Bill Wright to the to the show. So Bill Wright, thank you for being here and welcome. Well, thank you for having me. That was that was very nice. Thank you. Like I say, it's really hard to know where to start with you, Bill, cuz you have so many so many layers and and how you've touched this game. So I feel like a a placer a natural start just for a lot of folks out there who know you and and know what you've done is I'd like to start with kind of talking about the Coloradicals, since that is sort of how you came to know Frisbee. And and uh, I guess I'll just start with a real basic question. So how did the Coloradicals start? Well, um, it, it, it really is the beginning, you know, because of for, for us, you know, Doug and I, you know, kind of met when we uh, first came to college. I, I ended up in high school with some little frisbee festival at at the last days of my high school and i'm like oh that's that's cool man i, w- I want to play more frisbee you know, i think i'm you know i hear they play frisbee in college maybe that that's what i'll do in, in college is i'll i'll pick up frisbee and kind of give up my traditional sports of baseball and tennis and and being coached and i was really really excited to to not be coached you know i wanted to do my own thing so so went out went to uh to Colorado State University, and and some of the first people I met were were people that were interested in frisbee, and and Brannigan, Doug Brannigan, was one of them, and Ava Muslin was another, and and we just kind of all, you know, started learning things together, and and uh, uh, um, learning how to, to delay, and learning you know what was going on out there in the frisbee world and stuff. So uh, that was that was kind of the the early uh, you know, kind of experiences with Frisbee and stuff like that. And then, uh, eventually we, we kind of connected with other, uh, cities around with Greeley, um, is a close by city from Fort Collins and another university town and stuff like that. And, and we heard of players over there and, and, uh, um, so we were kind of Doug and I would kind of play and and you know early tournaments and things like that and you know Rick Castilia was over there in Greeley and and eventually he just said I want to play with you guys <laughs> and and so uh, 
So we just kind of joined up, and it really wasn't until, and that was really 77, 78, and it wasn't until we went to uh, one of the uh, IF or, uh, uh, North American Series NAS tournaments up in Vancouver that we, we uh, were uh, playing together. We had played together previously, but we came out in that tournament in, in Vancouver, and Matt Roberts was on the sideline, and he just yelled out, Coloradical! And, and from that moment on, that we were, we were known as the Coloradicals. And, and uh, awesome. so it was, uh, it was the three of us that, that uh, just had this way about us. We weren't West Coast. We weren't East Coast. We were, we were these Colorado guys and, and uh, had that distinct differences between us. And we weren't, you know, we didn't have the little, whatever, little uh, discussions that happened between East Coast history and West Coast history and who started what and who did what when and, and stuff. We were just kind of in between, you know, you know hanging out. And, and uh, um, you know, we kind of took it from there. Was your style just an organic thing that just appeared um, for you, or what? I don't. Just... I don't know. I don't know that it, I would call it completely organic because obviously our influences. You know, back then, you know, you had to get your influences from, uh, you know, video and stuff that you could find. But it, but you got your influences from, you know, actually being there and playing with people, and and, right. um, and so there wasn't. It was hard to get. We did a lot of, uh, you know. We were always trying to spread the jam, but not in those terms back then. We we would uh, rent the uh, Whammo World Championship films, you know, full-on 16 millimeter films, and we'd have them sent to the university and and play them in the student center, you know. And, and of course, we were the you know oftentimes the only ones watching them. But <laughs> we tried to get That's people cool. to come by and 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 uh, uh, and check them out and join our club because we wanted to have a have a club and have a you know a presence on campus and stuff like that. So so we we would sit there and watch those things friggin' 20 times a day, and and, uh, um, and then. Uh, you know, tournaments weren't, you know, they were kind of few and far between uh, at that point. So we'd go to a couple a year or whatever it was in 76 and 77. But it was just those kinds of things that had influence on us, you know. And and, and we had our local players. We had, uh, you know, Joe Corsentino and Jay Mills and, and uh, those guys who already did some freestyling. Those guys could delay before uh, before we could. And, and so we kind of saw that. And the delay had really just begun. You know, 76 is kind of the, the, the inception of the delay. So so those kinds of things were all just happening and, and uh, you know, I don't know what uh, what routines were back then. You know, we kind of just you know went out there, and they were just a you know basically a five minute jam. Uh, well, that's interesting. I didn't realize that you started. I didn't realize that seventy six, seventy seven was when you actually started getting the bug. When I came on campus at Colorado State University in the fall of seventy six, we were we were learning, and I I you know basically would learn and my learn to delay in my dorm room. You know, just sitting there, just trying to flip it up and and trying to spin it on my finger and breaking plants and glasses and you know just <laughs> just uh, uh, you know what it was all about back then. Well, here's interesting. So you started in '76, '77. You guys kind of all were drawn to each other. So when did what was the year you guys actually formed the team? Well, I think you know really it was the uh, f- uh, fall of '77 that we went to uh the arizona states it was probably number two or number three arizona state tournament 
and we went down there and we played um pretty sure we played as a threesome in that event um there, there's some pictures of it we may not have played as a threesome but we were practicing and and dave schwartz was our kind of our resident photographer back then and he's got some pictures of us uh playing uh back at that tournament and and uh, and getting started and that was you know heavily influenced uh where we went from there because we were, we saw, you know, John Jewell and, and Gus Emerson and, and those guys actually put the disc up and they spun and then they caught it after they spun. And we were like, Oh my God, we didn't realize you did that. And, and so we went back and, and that winter we got gym space through the, you know, through the university and the club. We just sat there and practiced spinning. And that was, that was the birth of the blur and, and Brannigan uh, just spinning his brains out, you know, just, that's what we did all winter long is practiced, you know, spinning and catching because everything, you know, it added to everything. We could do all those things that we were starting to do and put a spin or two in there too. So. So you're you're starting to develop the the sense of a team, and you're starting to see your or hear your voice as a team. Was there a was there a person of the threesome that started to kind of become the main voice of the team, or not? Not really. I don't think. I think we all had our different, you know, uh, you know, places. You know, Rick was kind of the the odd guy out because you know he wasn't. You know, it was it was Brannigan and I in the beginning, and and so he kind of came in and and was you know asking to to play with us because he didn't have any any other guys that he was playing with out in Greeley and stuff like that. And so, so it was kind of, you know, us against him often, but, um, but, uh, that continued forever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, but, uh, for the most part, I think we all, you know, brought a little bit different piece to the puzzle. You know, I, I think that, you know, people kind of have given me a lot of credit for the choreography and stuff like that, but it really was us all working together. I, I was really into the music part of it and putting the pieces of music together. And, and, you know, the, one of the things that people probably don't realize is that, you know, in order for us to put, you know, two songs together back then was a little bit different. I mean, I, I was basically trying to put the needle down on the album in the right place and then push the record button on the, on the tape player so that, you you know, it started at the right time, you know, and, and you know, so it wasn't, wasn't really quite as easy as it is these days to, to mix two songs together. So it was uh, a right. lot of uh, chance things that happened and stuff like that. So And looking and, for songs that were exactly the right length, not exactly, like you know, sort of it, 10 seconds over whatever. You had to redo it and record over it. And then you had all these really, you know, so you get all these really weird glitches and sounds in your recording and stuff like that. But, uh, but that was, that was the fun. I liked that, you know, I'd like sitting at the, you know, I was always the DJ at the parties and stuff like that. So it was, a uh, it was fun for me to do that part of it. And also had this sense of, of, you know, well, we need something that we can, you know, that inspires us, but it's also something that goes to, uh, to how we play and, and, and kind of can translate. And that, that didn't happen right away, but it, you know, it, it started developing the, the real, you know, the real thing that uh, moment uh, that kind of set us apart was uh, the NAS in, um, uh, I think it was uh, in 79 also in uh, uh, Minnesota, um, yeah, in um, in Minnesota at the Sky of 10,000 10, Frisbee Tournament when, you know, we had kind of just randomly said that we're going to put on Twilight Tone, which is a version of by Manhattan transfer of, of the Twilight Zone music, and it was called Twilight Tone. And, and when the music started, you know, we all just kind of started, 
you know, doing weird things out there with the music. And, and, uh, uh, you know, from that point forward, we, we expanded on that. And then, uh, at one point Rick, uh, played with, we kind of split up and Rick played with Evan David on one tournament and I played with Evan David on another tournament. And he was a tremendous influence on the whole choreography part of, of freestyle because he was doing it with, you know, kind of with Corey. I think he had some, uh, you know, they didn't really work that well together at times, but, uh, uh, Evan was, uh, really did a lot for us to figure out, oh, you, we, we can do things even without the disc that go to the music and, and start putting in that kind of stuff together. So that was, that was really a, uh, kind of a revolutionary moment for us to, to get that stuff together. And then our routines really took on a different form after that. Did the music drive the boat or were the moves driving the boat or was it a combination? It's definitely a combination, but I think music had a ton to do with it, you know, because because we would we would pretty much have the music together and we had all of our, you know, our, you know, uh, an ongoing development of different co-ops and things like that. But um, we would we would try to take those moves and put them to an existing piece of music that we liked, you know, so I think the, the music was the outline, you know, it was the, it was the start to, to how we were going to try to put something together. So at what point, so you said in 77, you guys were going to tournaments and just randomly jamming to music. And then in 79, you were playing to that twilight zone. At what point did it transition from just a jam to choreography and how much, like, how did that transition work? Um, I, yeah, I think that that, that, you know, that 79 time was probably it. Um, I don't, I don't think that there was a, uh, you know, an eye opening moment for it at all. I think it just, like I said, when we, after we played, uh, each had played with, uh, Evan David in, in separate events and, and he, he really kind of, you know, I don't know if it was taught us, but he, we did, you know, different choreographed routines with him you know and it was like oh cool that's that we should do more of that you know and then then it started the thought started to be oh we should be doing you know choreographed routines start to finish this okay. that we should do the whole five minutes you know so it was really that 79 80 probably time period when that happened i think uh 80 uh we we continued to use twilight zone i think i'd have to go back and look at at tapes and see what what tunes we were playing to when and then uh ride my seesaw into uh satisfaction or something like that uh, that that was that was a really you know opening moment for us because it was had this little bong and then we'd go into this you know the the kind of the chant and ride my seesaw that that was kind of a talking part of it that we would incorporate the uh, uh the weave into that part of it and it just built up into this you know frenzy at the end of it where we we would break into spin and jamming at that point and it was just you know it, it you know people would come up and say man that gave me chills oh my god and they were like so you know we're like okay this is what we're supposed to do so we just continued with it yeah he's giving me chills right now just hearing you <laughs> say it so I think it worked. Yeah, totally. So where, so now you're, you're have kind of developed the concept of the team and the music and you're going to tournaments as a team and you're, you're starting to be successful. So now you're kind of on the road to the Rose Bowl. So why don't you talk a little bit about that journey and getting to the Rose Bowl and that experience? So I, so I think, uh, you know, I, I was still, uh, you know, pretty 
into uh, going to Grateful Dead concerts in 79. And, and so I think Doug and Rick both went out to the Rose Bowl, but weren't in it in 79 or went to, you know, it was always a, a world disc in, in uh, Santa Cruz, uh, like two weeks before the Rose Bowl. And so there was this big, you know, uh, mecca of, of people going from Santa Cruz to, to the Rose Bowl uh, back in those days. And I think I missed that little trip in 79, but in 80, you know, we were really uh, on it to, uh, you had to qualify. So you had to go to a number of different NAS events and, and finish well enough in, uh, in those. Uh, and I think you had to have two events or something like that. For some reason, we had to play some other silly event like disc golf or something like that. Um, and uh, so so we would, we would get in there and do those things, but we were starting to be successful uh uh, at uh, at freestyle, and so we were, we would win enough of those NAS events that we we qualified in eighty for the uh, uh, for the Rose Bowl, and um, so that was uh, that was really cool because I mean here we are you know these college kids and this was you know my last year of college that that summer uh, I had one more semester left in in eighty. Um, and we we qualified for uh, for the Rose Bowl and and uh, you know Whammo sends you a check to fly out there and and they put you up for a week at at uh, uh, Cal State Irvine and to play frisbee for a week with all your friends and and you know at that time those overall events were you know 250 players and uh, so we'd all eat together in the cafeteria and and uh, um, hang out with all these guys and the whole thing was just a you know it was a jam fest you know we'd play every day and learn from each other try new moves and and you know we'd get a chance to just like just like it is today you you you'd practice your routine for a while and then go out there and and uh, um, and uh, then the you know the semi site at Irvine was just immaculate just the best grass the best wind coming off the uh off the field there it was just amazing and then you'd go to the rose bowl and, and it would be a nightmare with swirly winds and you know all this you know all this interference in there but we really didn't have this sense of uh of of competition as much as we had a sense of uh, performing you know we we're much more into just you know putting on a show uh and and playing with our friends than we were oh we're we're actually competing against people so we do this uh we do this semi-routine and I, it was a the twilight tone and i can't remember what we went into after that but um and and we we're like oh that was that was cool you know and we dropped a ton we always dropped a ton back then anyway but um uh, we walked up to the uh, the judging table, and Amy, the Whammo woman, what showed us, and she just flipped through all these judging forms. We had won, you know, all these different categories and things. We were like, "Wow, well, that's cool!" <laughs> and then we ended up winning the Rose Bowl. It was just, it was a, uh, it was pretty, pretty amazing and and uh, pretty cool experience to to go through that and and uh, all of a sudden be world champion and and not, you know, I don't know where that. Uh, you know, came from, but it just, it kind of changed everything at that point. We were like, oh man, guess we gotta do this some more. Yeah. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to be there in 1980. And so I remember watching this journey and I was this, you know, chubby fat kid from Seattle who played by himself and nobody really knew what to do with me. But I remember seeing you guys and just in awe. And I loved that you guys were just into doing it. It wasn't so much about the competition because the Rose Bowl was brutal. It was a cut to four teams. And yep. the comp semis were, you know, it, 
the prelims were amazing. To get to the semis was a, a thing, but to be the top four was incredible. And so I remember you guys being in the Rose Bowl and just, I was like, wow, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was it was, it was cool. It was cool to come back and and you know have everybody you know you know congratulate you and and stuff like that. And you're like going, ah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm a world frisbee champion. That's that's pretty amazing. I'm from Colorado and I'm a world frisbee champion. Yes, Bill, you are from Colorado and you are a world champion. And thank you so much for sharing that story with us. Indeed, it was really a, a treat to get to hear how the Coloradicals came to be. So thanks, Bill. Yep, thanks, Bill. So uh, I guess I'll talk to you next time, Randy. All right. See you later, Jake. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check out our website at frisbeeguru.com.